0: hello and welcome to episode 202 of the N Focus podcast I'm your irregular host Andrew Brown and we are joined by our regular co-host this week Sylvia Wassenaar. hello hello and Rosalie the little record girl hello all right so let's move on with what we played this week. So we had a, an extra long episode last week. Uh, I think this week we're going to come out on the shorter end, which will be nice, uh, but no pressure. Talk as long as you need to. Let's start off with Rosalie. You played the new release this week, Kirby's Dream Buffet. What's that all about?
1: It came out last week, and it's I think it's basically Nintendo wanting to get in on the kind of Fall Guys fun because it's very, very similar. It's also not very similar, but it's also very similar. Um, you basically play as, obviously... Kirby but it's a predominantly a game you can play with um your friends actually um local split screen or online like with fall guys you, you you get random stages that appear and you have to like complete them and so on but instead of you being eliminated in each one in this you have to eat the most uh, fruit and um it's like a race and so you're kind of the ball form of um Kirby and the more fruit you eat, the bigger you get and that ha- actually happens during the stages. And they've kind of added Kirby's copy abilities from previous games. So you can turn into a tornado and bash people off the the maps and you get a pepper and you can like, burn into them. It's cool because it's half about getting to the end because if you get to the end, there's like a huge cake of fruit that you can eat, but it's more about also how much fruit that you get on the way there. Uh, and it's really, it's really cute. It's really fun. Instead of like a, a just a menu when you upload it, there's an actual little free roam hub world where you roll about and you're on like a little um, dessert table to access all the menus. You have to roll into different things. So there's there's a big cake that you can decorate, and you decorate it with images that you unlock through collecting strawberries. Kind of makes your rank go up, and you can unlock little um, outfits and things. So my Kirby is burger coloured. <laughs> so he's got like a little kind of bun glow to him and he's got a little dollop of cream on his head as well as like a hat and there's actually like a, an actual free rolling mode which expands on you kind of just rolling about with without you actually having to be in a specific um, stage where you can practice using all the abilities and there's like secrets apparently the tree the I can't remember what the tree is called from the Kirby series you can find that in the free rolling mode It's very, very cute. I'm kind of wondering why it wasn't a free-to-play game for us. In the UK, it was about £13, which is fine. It very very much feels like a free-to-play game, and I kind of wish it was, because I don't think there's enough in it at the moment to still warrant £13, personally. But then I'm kind of glad as well, because then it's not riddled with microtransactions. So, But it's very, very adorable. It's a good thing to play, maybe... In between your hundreds of hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, if you just want something a bit cutesy and a bit, you know, something you don't have to think about very much. What's really cool about it, it does this thing, which I love that games do, that if you have a save file of another Kirby game, you unlock music remixes to that game. So I have a lot of hours in Kirby. Clash the first the first one because I think that is the free to play one, um, and it automatically gave me some remixes of the soundtrack to that in the game, which I thought was cool. And I imagine if you've managed to play the most recent mainline Kirby game, that'll be the same. It's very 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 cute, and all the levels are dessert themed, and you're rolling through like frosting, and at one point you get egg fried eggs that are like springboards, and you can climb up walls. But you're going through like maple syrup. <laughs> it's, it's just it's very very cute because as Kirby games are. I've just It's very adorable, although I, I just still kind of wonder if maybe it should have been a free-to-play game, especially because Fall Guys has narrowed that themselves.
0: Well, I know how past Kirby downloadable games have gone is they have been free-to-play with uh, premium microtransactions, but the premium microtransactions have a cap where once you reach that cap, then you just have basically unlimited currency. So I'm surprised they didn't go that route with this one too, I, I, yeah. I'm i not sure what's different about it that they felt it was worth a, a retail release versus following that route instead.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because it is really fun. It feels like if it doesn't end up being free to play, or if they don't add more on it that it could end up kind of just falling away, um, but I'm hoping it doesn't because the more attention to Kirby, the better. <laughs> But yeah, I do wonder that as well.
0: Well, They have so many of these Kirby games. Now, I couldn't even tell you what all the names are. (laughs) I I know there's a Kirby fighting game. There's a Kirby monster hunter style game. There's this one now. It, It seems like they should just put all of these under one umbrella on one platform that you download instead of separating everybody out. That just seems bad for the Kirby brand to have all these just random games floating around on the eShop with different amounts of players in them. You just unify everybody in one space. I think that would be a lot better for these online Kirby games that you can download.
1: Yeah, kind of like the Capcom arcade thing where you can buy like the base of the game and then add on all the actual individual ROMs to it.
2: I was thinking like it would resemble that uh, Super Nintendo collection of Kirby games that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. Oh!
1: It was for one of the anniversaries, wasn't it? It was Superstar or something? Yeah. But it had like a
2: whole bunch of different no. Kirby games in it.
1: Yeah. You go.
0: Superstar isn't a compilation of games. It's just one game that has a lot of little mini Kirby things in it. Like It was always released as one game and it's always been considered one package. It's it's just completely wrong to think of that as multiple Kirby games in one. That's not what it is.
1: The Kirby twentieth anniversary Dream Collection.
0: Yeah, the Dream Collection is something else. <laughs> that's actually oh sorry a... no, that's
1: why I, I just thought that's what it was called. <laughs> I get the names confused all the time.
2: Uh, it's considered an anthology platform video game on YouTube because there are like different campaigns in it, and then a whole bunch of mini games like mm-hmm. Gourmet Race and. Cave Offensive. But anyway, I thought it would be nice to have a a whole bunch of Kirby games kind of packaged like that again.
1: Yeah, because there is now a lot of Kirby games on the Switch because they've added even more to the SNES um, library. But they're all kind of spaced out. It would be very cool to have them all kind of in a neat package.
0: Sylvia's been playing one of the stranger releases, I think, of the year. But nevertheless, the people who have played it have spoken very highly of it it's called neon white sylvia please tell us about this because uh i've been completely bewildered by everything i've seen about this game me too uh which is
2: why i I saw a friend uh, streaming on twitch and i thought i need to play this too it to me resembles a lot of the platforming elements in doom eternal but uh oh no hell of a lot better
0: We know Andy isn't a fan, then.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's just done a lot better. It's much more of a focus on the platforming, so it's a lot more robust. So you play as Neon White. Um, Neons are sinners, and once they have passed on, they're given a second chance at redemption by basically clearing out heaven from demons that have invaded. Uh, you got other characters that... uh, seemingly have known in your life like neon yellow neon violet neon red but neon white has amnesia so there's a a sort of mystery to be uh unraveled by um getting closer to these characters that's not why i picked up the game no uh for me it was the gameplay which is very interesting it's a 3d platformer you collect cards that can either act as guns or abilities when you discard them. You have the Elevate card which is a pistol but if you discard it you get a a second mid-air jump. Uh, Once you discard it though you can't use it as a gun anymore and you can only use it as a gun for so many times before the card is depleted. And you can collect multiples of these cards with different abilities. Uh, There's uh, an assault rifle with a sort of bomb, and the bomb can be used for—I don't know if anyone else has played Team Fortress Two, but the sticky bomb jumping from the demo man, <laughs> just a lot more generous. I remember trying and failing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing about this one is that as long as you're in the explosion radius, it sends you up. So even if the bomb is above you, you go up, and I actually really like that. <laughs> it it takes some getting used to because you expect to go the way like away from the explosion. But ultimately this game is entirely about the movement and the platform, uh, platforming. And I think I've said like a million times already, my favorite games are the ones that have interesting traversal mechanics. And boy, does this have an interesting traversal mechanic. You, you run very fast, you collect a lot of these cards and it's almost like a puzzle game in a sense as well because the game wants you to go really fast. Go fast so you have to figure out how to use these abilities to rid the enemy of levels and move through it as fast as you can and it's really addictive so addictive i'm normally the sort of person to play through a level and if i don't get all like the collectibles and the best time whatever I'll, I'll come back to it and just move on to the next level this game has me replaying the same level like five to ten times to try and get the best score find all of the um well i say all of the secrets each level has a, a gift which ties into something i'll get into later i don't know I, I guess i do have like a speed running streak in me because the more you play it the better you score the more you unlock insight into the level and one of the insight levels actually puts a little uh token or
0: collectible
2: i guess it, it, it ultimately all it's really doing is telling you where you can take a massive shortcut
0: is the goal the level to like reach a certain point or to defeat all the enemies it depends every level is different
2: uh, some of them are defeat all the enemies and then get to the goal some of them are just get to the goal
0: hmm.
2: uh, there are different kinds of enemies some of them drop cards as well uh they typically have some sort of color theme to them to give you a hint of what ability they'll drop. Like the yellow ones will drop the elevate and the purple ones will drop the sticky bomb. The point at where I'm at in the game, I just unlocked the stomp ability, which is a lot of fun. But each one of these cards has a different um, gun attached to it. So pistols, assault rifles, submachine guns like an Uzi. I think I've seen like rocket launchers. I'm not up to that yet. Uh, Oh, a sniper rifle Not so much a sniper rifle, more like just like a a hunting rifle, I guess That one has a fun ability where it just shoots you straight forward Um, It's entirely horizontal though, so you can't use it to gain height If you like replaying levels over and over and over again to try and um, (laughs) perfect it This is a game that's very satisfying to do so I find that the story and character elements are fine. Like I said, you got your former crewmates, I guess. It it seems like you're in some sort of criminal gang activity together back on Earth. Uh the gifts that I mentioned earlier can be given to these uh side characters and you can unlock additional dialogue which is eh but you can also unlock um, side quests, which are basically just bonus levels Each character has their own theme to the side levels Like yellow, you can't use the discard abilities So you have to rely entirely on um, traversal baked into the character and also Certain demons like there's one demon called the balloon demon you jump into it you jump up It's hard to explain it. It's kind of like a para cooper. In um, Mario but yeah you got multiple of these characters they kind of drive some sort of story and unlocking Neon White's memories I guess I don't know where the story's going and honestly I, it, it's probably the least interesting thing about it it's mostly voiced as well which was surprising off the top of my head I think Pro ZD is a voice actor in this uh, I can't remember his real name <laughs> he made a lot of funny vines
1: No, neither can I, but he's great
2: Yeah, he, he's a great voice actor uh, I don't think I've met his character yet though In typical fashion I honestly fell in love with this game because of the music uh, It's like a weird eclectic breakbeat Electro style I don't know how else to describe it It's just addictive listen to it suits the gameplay but uh, I was listening to the soundtrack before I bought the game and I bought the game because of the soundtrack and watching my friend play if you're a music lover like me this will be very good if you like interesting traversal and I don't know if I'd call it a puzzle platformer the puzzle element comes into getting the most optimal path so the fastest path it's kind of scratches that itch of trying to figure out the best way to use the resources provided, but uh, th- there's no real p- problem solving that I've encountered yet um, beyond just trying to kill everything and still have the abilities to, you know, take shortcuts and and such. I really like it. I highly recommend it, but it is very hard as well. It is not an accessible game <laughs> by any means. But yeah, if you're up for a challenge, I'd I'd highly recommend it. Uh, Hopefully I can finish it for the next time we record and I can give my full thoughts on it.
0: Now the developer had another game previously that was popular, but it was a complete departure for Neon White. What was that game again? Donut County, I think? Yeah, Donut County. I played that game. It was all right. Yeah, it was a fun, cute game. Um, This is definitely much more involved much that, that was my main thing with donut county is it was it was so obvious like
1: <laughs> how integral is like getting a fast time in neon white because i don't know if i've mentioned this before but there's a like a thing about games i cannot stand and it's like time trials or going fast or beating things there. the fastest because i always like to explore things and the kind of when the demo came out for Neon White, and everyone was like, "I think they had a thing where you had to try and beat it at the fastest time that that's what put me off. I think is there still fun in it if you aren't if you don't like that kind of thing? But it's
2: definitely possible, but I think it's going to definitely hinder your enjoyment of the game if you take your time with it. Yeah, yeah I guess the point of it is to go fast. You don't necessarily have to grind for the fastest time like I have. It's pretty okay. easy to get at least, like, the the silver or gold rank without trying too hard. But the uh, ace rank stuff, sometimes that can take a couple of goes. Sometimes there's just a lot happening all at once that you have to get re- done really quickly, um, even if you're not speed running it. So I think the point of it is speed. Uh, that said, though, um, sorry, just one last point. You can <laughs> reset, retry the level at any point. So you can just press... Um, a button to to reset start start over from the beginning and it's like an instant reset no loading times
0: yeah for your description i was getting kind of a, a super meat boy vibe yeah. from the pace i guess is the word i want to use yeah it's a good comparison
2: actually i hope you can't hear my cat snoring behind me by the way <laughs> i
0: can't and i'm mad <laughs> i've got noise cancelling on so that <laughs> when you <turn> it out. <laughs> all right, to wrap up the episode, uh, I was playing Endling Extinction is Forever in the past week. One of the games that we recognized in a previous indie, indie World Showcase that we all thought might be good, and I've now played it, and I can confirm it's actually very good. Uh, it's also exactly the kind of game that it looks like, because you are playing as a mother fox trying to keep her children alive in a world that is being steadily destroyed by humans it ends exactly how you're imagining it's going to end (laughs) i don't want to call it cliche but it's very predictable but it still affected me it still got me right in the tear ducts i i wept a little bit at the ending just from the ending visual uh just to get that out of the way up front yes it's that kind of game (laughs) it's it's that kind of a uh animal sympathy movie I guess like you know we have this thing uh, certainly in the United States at least we have this thing where uh, we can watch hundreds of people get slaughtered and feel nothing but we see an animal die and we're in tears it's that kinda game (laughs) now in between the beginning and the ending of the game uh, you play as the mother and every night you lead her four fox cubs out of the den and you have to go through this world that is being steadily transformed by humans uh, and find food for those fox cubs to eat and protect them from the dangers that are there. The most impressive thing this game does is just how rapidly the environment changes. Like It has a, a static map that you explore night to night and there are a number of different dens you can find and They become more or less convenient as the story progresses. But this map changes every few nights based on what the humans that you're trying to coexist with uh, do. Like there's a refugee camp that moves in because you get some kind of sense that something has been going on with the humans too that have forced them into this area. What begins as a, a fairly picturesque and, you know, idyllic, forest and clearing soon fills up with human trash and they cut down all the trees and pretty soon all that's really left is this warehouse that you can scavenge around in for garbage and a chicken factory which is kind of handy for finding food but is also dangerous because there's a lot of people that work there that's really the entire game is just going through night to night trying to find enough food to keep the cubs Food meter capped out. There is a little bit of a kind of a Metroidvania aspect to it where some of your fox cubs can learn new abilities that they can use to get access to food that you, as the mother fox, can't reach. But it's not really like a Metroidvania because it's not required for progression. These are just things that you can stumble across at certain points on the map that will make getting food later on easier, but you don't actually need to do it. And if you can find enough food otherwise, it works just as well. There are new paths that open up on the map, but they're actually all created by the human's destruction. So I, I thought that was just kind of an interesting... An interesting take on that kind of uh, game design idea where it's like metroidvanias are for humans. You're you're an animal in this game. You don't you don't grow and you don't learn over time. You just react to the world around you as it changes. Aside from hunting for food every night, uh, very early on in the game, one of your fox cubs is kidnapped by a human. Uh, for his own reasons and every few nights you'll find a scent trail that's differently colored from the food scent trails the the food ones are green colored and every few nights you'll find a red colored scent trail which if you follow you can kinda follow the story of what this man is doing with your fox cub if you follow the path to the end on every night which is pretty challenging because you have to do that in the single night in addition to keeping your foxes fed I completed all of them and I got the cub back Uh, whether that's required to finish the game or not I don't know I think it would be more interesting if I could mess up on it one night and just not be able to complete the game that way or if it's required to progress and you just pick up the trail on another night I don't know I couldn't figure that out I just I didn't have too much of a problem following all those story threads from place to place to place as I encountered them. I would say overall the game's a pretty moderate difficulty. There are a lot of places where the mother fox can be instantly killed when they come across a human, but you just instantly reload to the beginning of the night that you're playing on and the nights are only five or ten minutes long unless you're really getting lost on the map. It's just an interesting take on adventure games and survival games. Uh, It's only four or five hours long and you know most survival games I've played are significantly longer than four to five hours and by the end of them I'm just so tired of hunting for food to keep my character alive.
1: Is the game specifically set anywhere? Because um, I know no. in in this country there, sadly, um, there's like a ban on fox hunting, which you know, good, uh, but people still do it. So I'm wondering if that is does that play into the plot at any
0: point? If this is set in a specific place, I couldn't tell. The developers are South American, I believe. Okay. So but, there's no
1: there's no reference to fox hunting or
0: anything. Not that I've seen. Uh, okay I c- like I said, playing the game I couldn't recognize it being set in any specific place. but looking at what the humans are doing and like all of them are wearing a gas mask and things like that, they have other things on their mind than whether fox hunting is illegal.
1: <laughs> no, I know it's just it, it, it's a shame because it's it's a, like in this in the UK it's a huge deal because people are still doing it and it's like really like upsetting the environment and it's um incredibly cruel so it feels like i thought that they maybe could have said something about it or could have been sponsored by animal charity or could have kind of used that to because obviously like deforestation is a big issue as well but specifically for foxes it's like a shame that the that isn't referenced um because it would have been probably a good opportunity to do that although i think other fox there's quite a few fox games that maybe they do
0: The game is pretty unsubtle that humanity is the villain, even if there are a few humans you encounter who are portrayed sympathetically. As a whole, we're pretty well shown to be just disgusting and destructive and just bad for everybody. We're bad for each other, we're bad for the animals, we're bad for the planet. Humans just are not positively portrayed in this game in any kind of way which I actually I kind of admire it for. This game has an agenda, and it pushes it. It's kind of one that we need to hear. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't pull any punches on this. It doesn't go, well, you know, some humans are okay. It's like, no, even the humans who are trying to do sympathetic things are still torturing and killing animals and stealing their children. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I dug the heck out of this game. I thought it was really well done kind of predictable in the things it did but it did them very well and that ending still strongly affected me and I definitely highly recommend endling extinction is forever <laughs> all right so what are we playing in the coming week uh, I'll go I'll start just to change things up a bit I'm gonna be playing uh, the indie Procedurally generated golf game, Curse to Golf. And I think Sylvia and Rosalie are both going to be playing one thing next week. And w- <laughs> what's that one thing? <laughs> Splatoon! <laughs> Splatoon 3 demo. Splatfest. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it will be significantly different enough from Splatoon 2 to give you something to talk about. Like, if it's a, if, if it's a proper Splatfest, you should be able to run around the, uh, the new hub, at least. So should be plenty to talk about there well i just read as well that
2: they've got uh 26 weapons this time for the demo Ooh. including the new tri stringer which is the um bow weapon uh and of course mm. so we will see the, the tricolor splat
0: fests so <laughs> if i figure out how the heck that works because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the video is confusing
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of End Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, Play State and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with a lively game podular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular patron. The details for both things are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Andrew and you can follow them at PlayCritically. You can also read their long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can follow Sylvia at stw 2 or at twitch.tv, Tori STW. And you can follow me, Rosalie, at Lil Wrecker Girl. That's L-I-L, Wrecker Girl.